You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello, Riverdale gang. Morning, gang. I'm Chloe. I'm Ryan. Welcome to Riverdale gang. We need to figure out a better way to like say that twice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. We're very professional over here. Yes. Um, we record on the unceded territory of the Hunkaminam speaking peoples in Vancouver, British Columbia, and we are top notch professional <laughs> podcasters. <laughs> um, I was listening to the radio on the drive here this morning, Chloe, mm-hmm. and they conversed the entire trip about whether they put their utensils in the dishwasher down or up and then they took calls where people said up or down that was the 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 the, all that could be said on the subject and i thought you could talk about politics you could talk about current events (laughs) you could talk about existentialism you could talk about anything yeah Yep. Or, or yeah. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, that is the kind of fact I'm always like curious about people, like people who put their um pants over their rubber boots or into their rubber boots. I suppose that is or, become the niche or of the talk radio. One more thing I have to add is how every adult has a favorite burner on a stove and we never talk about it. Legitimate, legitimate. That kind of thing I find kind of fascinating. To have a whole radio program about it, it seems like a lot. Like anti-Facebook post type stuff? Auntie, I mean like my, my aunt. Like stuff my aunt oh, posts auntie, on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Like auntie. <laughs> auntie. Yes. Auntie. Not auntie. Yes. Instead, we talk about pop culture and the declining reality we all share. Isn't it beautiful? Yes. Um, in case you didn't know, you've come to the Critical Commentary Watch Along podcast about Riverdale, the show, <laughs> which is also a shot where we record. Mm-hmm. It's episode six. I assume you get the gist by now. Yes. If you're one of those strange, strange people who's just started watching Riverdale season four, episode six, welcome. This is not a representative episode. In my opinion. Yeah, it isn't. Um, I was, as I said last week on the show, I was very worried about this one because it's called Hereditary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Hereditary is the name of a movie, which I spoiled, um, so in order to explain my anxiety to Ryan last episode. I'm not going to do it again, but there are elements of Hereditary in this. um, There were. Yeah, namely the stuff that I didn't get to. Okay, okay, Um, okay. uh, Mostly like... Um, the, one of the main, the, okay. So all the I'm stuff gonna, you I'm, didn't spoil? All the stuff I didn't spoil. Okay, okay, okay. All can the stuff you, I didn't can you spoil. flag it for me low-key as we go? Yes. Or is there no, is there, I don't know, I think this might be a hereditary spoiler-friendly episode, so, given her- that it's referential to hereditary, yes. and we spoiled the big old first of shock death last episode. Yes. So the, <laughs> the long-term reveal of hereditary, and to be fair, hereditary mm-hmm. is on a lot of lists of movies people couldn't finish, mm. so I'm going to trust that mm. our audience is at least half, not, not people who would finish hereditary. They're informed. Yes. Um, and so the big reveal of hereditary is that... Um, a uh, demon cult is trying to find a host for the eighth god of hell, Payman. Oh, so Das Jughead is the yes, next host but, of the demon god. But also, <laughs> but also, um, the creepy doll. Oh right. Oh 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 oh. Okay. Yeah, the host of Cheryl. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So we we recycle a few themes, none of which are like 
core, but perhaps using these references to delve into our season plots. Yeah. Which, um, I felt like we're on track this week with, mm-hmm. with like, this is what the season's about. Um, particularly with Jughead. Shockingly, somehow, with Cheryl as well. Sort of. I don't know. Yeah, that's a weird... I don't like it. And I also don't like the Charles and Chick business. I hate it. Yeah. I was not happy with this episode, to be honest. I'm excited to review yeah. it. Um, I found this was an easy episode to watch because it felt like normal TV more than Riverdale to me. Interesting. Um, okay. I felt like some of the ridiculousness of sort of how this plot was progressing, it was very... Um, in season, it wasn't as standalone as I've come to kind of expect the last two years. Um, it, it, it moved things along. Unlike last week where I saw the chessboard being set up, um, this week to me was just like playing out a very standard progression of a very con- standard contemporary television story to me. Mm. Um, more than usual. You know, there's still ridiculous things. There's, it's, there's, there's still the Archie Vigilante thing. But the steps of narrative here felt very, very, um, you know, plodding middle. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I found the tone um, of the narration, like, really different. I wonder if they have a different mm. writer. <laughs> um, Jughead very rarely, when he's narrating, says I, and he did this time. Right. And it, like, I don't know, like, it just, I don't know if there were, like, fewer words, or there was slightly different syntax, or if that's, like, a meta thing for, mm-hmm. like, what mm-hmm. is being revealed in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there is actually a new Jughead narrator, and we don't know that yet, but it's still in Jughead's voice. Like, mm-hmm. I, like I, I'd be interested to know if the show is that smart. Right, right, right. How conscious they are of what they're doing with their narration. Yeah. Like, I, that can't be unthought of. Mm-hmm. These aren't the sort of nerds who don't consider that impact um whether or not that'll translate into some some product or or meaning or purpose we'll see we shall she's ready to jump in gang yes if you want to sync up with us as uh presumably some people do um uh we are gonna sing the netflix badoom song yeah. if you are P- <clears throat> dvr pvr recorded america I guess sync up to the previously on Riverdale. Yeah, we will. We also tend to say the previously on Riverdale. Anyway, wow. standing by with the Netflix Badoom in three, two, one. Badoom. So on Riverdale. So Tony, Tony, Cheryl, and Jughead, Jughead. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if this is. Um, I'm not sure where I'm getting this cue because this. This. I'm. I'm being reminded in the, the uh, clip, warm up here that. Cheryl and Jughead didn't actually get more screen time than anyone else here. Mm. For some reason, just with a night's sleep on it, I feel like they're the only two plots that matter. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I um. Maybe it's the only two plots you care about. That could be. That yeah. could be my bias. But, um, I don't see longevity in Archie's plot or in Veronica's plot. Yeah. And I feel like Betty's plot is, is going to explain what the heck's happening with Jughead, if that makes sense. Yeah. Somehow those are gonna, because, because of the, the season overarch that they've leaned into. The, the how to get away with murder mm-hmm. scenes in previous episode, the end episode flash forwards. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I uh, do not care about this plot. Yep, same. To be honest. Same. And um, I also, well, we'll get to it, but I agree with you. I'm also tired of Hiram as a villain. Mm. That's the other plot. I'm just like, I'm really over. I was actually really um, pleased with how quickly and how methodically he wormed his way back into his life. Like, I enjoyed that sequence. And when we get to that, I want to pick it apart because I think it, I'm hoping it might be Hiram's last round. It's his last time perhaps pulling this trick. Um, The fact that they've leaned into the semephesis of, oh, Poppy has secrets, Hiram has secrets, uh, and these are the secrets, I, I, like, they could keep doing that forever, Mm -hmm. but there, there is something almost final. Like, I feel, I feel like he's running out of cards. With how everything goes down this episode. I, I feel so. like this might be a last card. And I really hope he's defeatable. Um, because there's... There's a trope way for Veronica's plot to go. With the Hermista reveal. Um, there is... And and it is the, the story Hiram is writing. <clears throat> you know, yeah. the, the jealousy story that he is setting up. And I see it happening, but I don't believe it, and I don't think that's actually where Veronica is. Yeah. And I'm interested to see what Veronica subverts instead. And I, I th- I'm hoping that might be the final blow, right? Like, yeah. they, they make a point of saying no more secret siblings. Here's a cute schmoop scene. Yeah. It's so nice seeing a healthy teenage couple be a healthy teenage couple, even knowing that they're murder adjunct. At yeah. the end of this, or in every other episode, somebody dies around them. Yeah. Well, they all need trauma counseling. Especially Cheryl. Yeah. Especially Cheryl, oh my gosh. <laughs> is that? Yeah. Is that um the dad actor, or did they, like, just get a stand-in? I couldn't, I, couldn't I didn't catch in the it. Show. <laughs> I tried to recognize last time, but I, it did, he didn't look similar. He just looked half-shaded. Yeah. I like the red to the blue here. I know it's probably like an easy, pretty easy thing to do, really, filmically, but it worked. Oh, yeah. Nice, heavy, heavy, heavy wash. Yeah. Um, but it, this show's so comfortable with hard color. Yeah. Like, it, that technique has matured nicely. When I go back and watch mid-season Game of Thrones, um, sometimes I actually, like, twitch at the color correction because there's such hard, strong... Um, you know, this is the yellow plot, the blue plot, the red plot. Nah. There's so much blunt coloring as everything really bloomed through digital um, editing. And that sort of color correction wash is so easy to do digitally where it was months of work analog. Mm-hmm. And I think um, our evolution of what color correction has done in television in the last few years, um, utilizing that new quick technology... I, I think some of this stark color variation that we're seeing playing Riverdale, it's a little bit more matured of the blunt tool. It's like when you'd hear synthesizers in every 80s film because they just discovered synthesizers. Mm. Oh, Kevin. <clears throat> I'm surprised he was right about Charles being gay. and. Well, I just, like, <laughs> I feel like this show is a lot more intelligent than, like, the gay villain couple. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I'm wondering mm-hmm. if one of them is playing each other, Chick or Charles. Mm. Possibly. Or um, maybe we just have a gay villain couple. There is also... I, 
I was thinking about the fact that you can't reference history of gay representation without rep- referencing the villains, without yeah. referencing the evil gays. Um, and the question bubbled to the surface for me. Yes. If Riverdale has earned a couple evil gays. Yeah, fair enough. Like, I don't know, necessarily, but we, between our lead cast having uh, several varied queer folks as regulars, and given that they've, um, again, this is a, a Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa sort of trope that I think plays through a few of his things, the mention of Leopold and Loeb Juvenile Correction Center last season um, that's a reference to two privileged kids who went on thrill kill serial murders in the like twenties or somethings. There is one of the referential existing tropes is the 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 privileged sociopathic bestie lover, like two white rich kids. Mm. That's not where these two are coming from background wise, but the energy, the sociopathic sort of. Um, thing it it reminded me of that the of that, that they've referenced Leopold and Loeb casually and that that yeah. is an existent <clears throat> known established historical trope for mm. representing homosexuality that I've never seen in contrast to something loving and supportive like whatever Choni and Choni was before the corpse mm-hmm. um well, I was thinking about that too. Like, am I am I so insistent about um, queer representation that I need every queer character to be nice? Like, no, mm, I, mm. I I don't need that. Um, I don't trust straight people to write non-nice queer folks. Yeah, but I trust that they're gay enough around this show to, right. to, to I, I, enough to earn a shot. Cool for me. Well, let's let's see how it goes. Yeah. I still wouldn't mind Kevin having a romantic interest that doesn't die or vanish on him. Best case scenario, Charles turns out to be playing chick. Uh, Kevin graduates high school, so it's appropriate, and they get together. (laughs) I mean, Charles does a lot of murder hiding for an FBI agent. Yeah, fair enough. That's, that's, there's some reveals here that are real, like, like, they spend the polygraph talking about, do you like me? But actually, they should be polygraphing about all the murder. Mm, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to miss Happy Comfy Betty and Jughead if something dramatically changes. Because I actually am enjoying their their rapport, their banter, their conversation. It's so nice seeing a couple talk about something that's not just coupling. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Um, I had no idea where this was going. I was a little annoyed by it initially. Mm. Um, like my grandfather wrote a book, but I'm interested to see how it all goes. The book was stolen from his grandfather arc. Has some intrigue to me. Yeah. Um, there's a whole thing. There's a whole vibe. There's a whole creepy cult thing happening at Stonewall that I don't. I don't get yet, but that we have really like hammered home this episode. Yeah, with 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 great structural finality. Um, 
I was a little surprised to see you check back. Yeah, hello, I, Harry Denton. Yeah, I, I, um, I enjoyed his performance in this episode perhaps more than I enjoyed anything he did last season because it. This is a reasonable context to see this character in yeah. prison, lying. That's how we know this character in a acolyte robe as baby serial killer. That was hella weird. That was super weird. <laughs> yeah. Man, this actor is really good at being creepy. Yeah, he's got a type. A, yeah. a vibe. A mood. That must be really fun to have that ability as an actor. That's the way I often think about when I see mm. performances like this one. He must just be like, yeah, this is great. And a very different creepy to, like, Nikolai. Mm-hmm. Like, not... like. Chick doesn't have character creepy going on. Chick has, like, I am unsettled by your eyes going on. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, and I think, like, Nikolai's a really handsome guy, but, like, mm-hmm. if you put the right makeup on him and the right costume, he's, like... Oh, yeah, eldritch. Yeah, um, whereas Hart Denton, I think, like, they've used his looks as part of his creepiness. Right, right, kind of the sharp features. Yeah. Uh, drawn to gaunt. Yeah. Nikolai, if you're listening, I just want to reassert, very handsome. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> That's not where this conversation is going. And my favorite kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Tony, get out. Get out. Girl, you're, you are, you are Cheryl's only tie to reality right now, and I think she's aware of that. Um, I like that they acknowledge the fact that it's, uh, it's a thing that Cheryl's dealing with the two baby twins and elder care. Mm-hmm. That they talked about it out loud again. That Tony again was wise and smart. What the hell's happening with this doll? I don't Is this know. Nana Rose? Is it Nana Rose? I don't know. Maybe it could be Nana Sabrina's Rose. Sabrina's gonna pop out of the doll or something. I don't know. <laughs> Are we gonna get our first for realsies guaranteed? Probably, but definitely magic. Who knows? So I don't trust yeah. Chick, but I, I, er, Charles, I, um, I kind of like him and Betty as scene partners, though. Yeah. I feel like they both lie in similar ways, if that makes sense. Mm. Like, they both, they, they have a... Oh, you mean the characters. You like them as scene partners. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. like, I think they both perform, I'm not saying everything... With a with a complimentary vibe. Hmm. So, this the shallowness. Is, is, yeah, I know. Of every aspect Pizza, of Archie's plot. Arcade, like, come on. This. Like, I mean, yes, you can. That you. Yes, this is a factor. Kids getting to eat daily, um, but like this simplification, of. Abuse and poverty is so. Blip. I know. The, the thing is that it feels it feels like they're doing a CW thing of like not being able to um, mm. say certain things. Like mm. like things have to be by proxy in this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. particular situ- plot. But like they just like later in the episode, like like 
um, Hiram, like, sort of imply BDSM, seduce it. Like, obviously, it's TV BDSM. It's not real BDSM. Right. Um, or, uh, or correct or consensual. Or correct or consensual. But. Um, he, like, low-key sexually assaults Hermione mm-hmm. and, like, manipulates her into having him back in the home. Like, if that's okay with the CW, then do the Archie plot <laughs> justice. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. We can have subversal spousal abuse of adults. But... Uh, you know what? We're dealing specifically with tweens. There are still some big and arbitrary but purposeful barriers of how extreme a story we can explore with um, with tweens specifically. Um, maybe that's the hereditary. I haven't seen hereditary. I can't guess what's reference or not. Well, there is a lot of reference to families and parents and stuff in this episode, which mm. like definitely plays into hereditary. I think the filmmaker was actually processing a real life bad hmm. with with hereditary with yeah but i could be wrong hmm. i read that in an article and also like speculating on artist lives is never a good way to <laughs> take in art <sighs> so Man. mysterious backup blossoms mysterious backup blossoms and like very blandly dressed and like yep. as a consequence very creepy yep i like i feel like aunt cricket is the one with personality who is the ringleader mm-hmm. opponent character, and I like it. I'm I'm intrigued to see Cheryl versus her aunt Cricket, um, especially now that they murdered one of them. No big, mm-hmm. no big, just family tradition. Yeah. Oh <laughs> man, Hiram's like couldn't miss your mother's reentrance into the workforce. Like I, ugh, I hate him. There is nothing. There's nothing okay about this dynamic. This is this is very this is fully. Hermione escaping an abusive relationship and violent relationship. The whole we call hits on each other thing. Yeah. That's not foreplay. That's violence. Yes. Um, Unless you have, like, like pre-discussed those roles with your partner and you're role-playing. Yeah. You know, but like... Nobody can cons- consent to a murder attack. No, no, I know. <laughs> no, of course not. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean to yeah. say, like, if that's the kind of, like like plot you want to create yeah. around your sex life then yeah. like fabulous great guess what you have to do that consensually first riverdale with no live rounds <laughs> um i really felt hermione's performance here the um this this extraordinary powerful woman who we've 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 seen deal with stuff um plays very um shrinking violet in ways that feel very true to life to me. Hmm. Um, that feel like I am... I feel like with Veronica's plot, they are feeding us a very shallow, very intentionally shallow, here's what we expect this this whole episode. And I'm excited for them to subvert every single thing because they've pasted this very simple um, Hiram sneaks his way back in. Veronica's jealous of her sister problem on top of something that is um, that feels much tenser than I, I think they let it be spoke spoken. Um, I hope they're going somewhere with like the heart of that plot mm. and letting it letting I don't know. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it did. Nuance onions. <clears throat> Hiram is an onion. <laughs> what the I, hell are you doing here? I just feel like we're at the heart of the <laughs> What the hell are you doing here? I just feel like we're at the heart of the onion with Hiram. There are no more layers. 
Yes, I agree, I and agree. I want us to be. I want this to be the last layer of, of Hiram. Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting names, we're getting family, we're getting family history. Um, we're seeing Hiram maneuver as an individual agent. He is no longer functioning as an, as an institution right now. Also interesting. Also yeah. different. <sighs> yeah, I love Archie's integrity here. Mm-hmm. And it's also... stupid. Well, is it though? I mean, it's stupid because five minutes later he set, he takes the favor for what it is. Yeah. Uh, Archie's okay. I'm I'm gonna be a little judgy right now. Yeah, go for it. If you're running a community not for profit, outreaching with kids in a gang. Can you really afford to turn down a blank check? Like, exploit that. I know it comes with hooks. Take it and run. Nah. Don't leave any hooks. Write the check, cash it, launder that noise, and run your not-for-profit and save the babies. Yeah, fair enough. Do it legal, Archie. Like, Like, really, you have an opportunity there that you throw away, and then you dig yourself in anyway. I feel like it is a bad management choice on Archie's account. Meanwhile, Tony, please leave. Yeah, meanwhile, Tony, Tony leave. nothing is okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm so, like, I feel like Tony and Cheryl can get themselves into, like, fun scrapes with drama. Mm-hmm. With, I, like, without this house and without the bodies and, like, without, like, I'm, I feel like there is more plot for them that is interesting and dramatic and Riverdale-y and they should sign. Let's should sell sign. Thistle House. Let's sell Thistle House. Yeah. And let's bury Jason. Because if, if Cheryl doesn't have a creepy family chapel, maybe she won't be able to keep her brother's corpse nearby. No. Cheryl needs therapy. Cheryl needs therapy. All the blossoms yeah. are messed up. How is Tony but, so normal? I don't know. By the way, mm-hmm. um, this visiting with the ancestors coming out of a white person's mouth, I just want to say, as the <laughs> resident wasp, that is really real. Like, we would not maybe put it in those terms, but there is, like, a, a, a deep, like... Um, I don't want to say ancestor worship because that feels appropriate mm. to cultures that have that in a much more active and explicit Formalized way. way. Yeah. Um, but there is a lot of reverence for the ancestors and it was kind of mm. a treat to see um, that in a show. I'm like, ah, yes, right. Uh, what I come from is that ridiculous. Recognizing. Yep. <laughs> That's nice, Chloe. It, but it's like also kind of visiting with the ancestors. I don't know. It's just like, it sounds silly when we say it. You know? <laughs> I hate the scene. I hate it. I hate everything about it. I'm mm-hmm. scared of Hiram in this scene. Yep. Like rightly so. Yeah. <clears throat> I I only accept this as a step on Hermione's journey. Uh and only in the spectacular performance that um that she is giving, I think, this whole episode. Um of <clears throat> really, really playing the 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 different layers and tones of being in an, an abusive relationship mm-hmm. the um you know a powerful person going very quiet and very back into the shadows having those personality shades showing up as she deals with this resurgence in her life i thought her performance was spectacular this episode and i hope it promises a more 
real purpose. A truer, richer story that's about Hermione and Veronica coming up. Yeah. I hope. That's that's what I'm hoping for. Um, we'll always be married. Ugh. <sighs> yes, you will regret it. You're going to regret, regret the hell it. out of it. I yep. regret it for you. Yep. We all regret Hermione. But I really liked her performance, and I believed that moment in choice hmm. as manipulation and stepping back with an abuser. So, do you, do you notice that Jughead and FP don't really seem to care that much about this new brother-son? Yep! And the, 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 <laughs> um, the Coopers really care. Mm-hmm. And I want to know more about that. I, I mean... They have a niece and nephew that Alice was caring for, and they're off hanging out with that teenager still, like, not being supported. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I don't... It's, everything is very strange. What is family? As I have said before, <laughs> this town needs, like, an army of social workers to descend and protect the teenagers. The fact that there's, like, a sketch alley in Riverdale. Yeah. The fact that there are enough children living in poverty to run an Artful Dodger gang in Riverdale. This does not feel reflective of the Riverdale we were once introduced to. And I know everything's gone bad, but it's only been a year and a half, and that's just not... That's just not enough time for this level of poverty to develop. Yeah. (laughs) It's an... Oh my god, what if Tony is doing this? Oh yeah, I could... Like... I had that thought, but I don't want her to be manipulating her girlfriend like that. Because that's some, I mean... Well, that would honestly make the most sense, though. Yes, it would. But I don't want Tony to revenge Gaslight. That's not healthy, and that's not okay. I'm intrigued by Cheryl's deep commitment to all of these casual witchyisms. Yeah. Like, she's putting a, quite a face... We're probably um, going to find out that her din- distant Puritan ancestors are from Salem or something. <laughs> I'm reminded that Cheryl is still a teenager here. And I'm reminded of 16-year-olds. Yeah. Uh, and that little stage in one spiritual journey where one often explores ridiculousness. Yeah. Also, I am reminded that Veronica is a teenager here who, despite owning a speakeasy, yep. is not mm-hmm. like has no agency with what her parents are going to do. Yep. And how her home life is going to be. This is a horrifying situation to be in. This is a, your mother has welcomed your abusive father back into the house, and this is a very real situation that is um, disproportionately real to how Hiram has ever been taken. Mm -hmm. It is more serious than we've ever taken Hiram. Than I have ever cared to take Hiram. Yeah. This dynamic. Um, and they really... I think they presented very bluntly and clearly and intentionally. Hmm. Um, which is something that gives me hope for this being Hiram's last leg. Yeah, let's hope so. Um, if they're truly embracing and engaging and representing this this uh, this abusive recurrent dynamic, uh, I, I this is the one he can die on. This is the one where it is, he get to lose, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. Finally! I think, I think the thing I find irritating about Hiram is that, like, 
he's dual like the kind of villain that I would like to hate paired with mm. a kind of plot relentlessness that I am not a big fan of in television. Mm. And I think that's why he's not doing it for me. Right, right. You know what I mean? Anyway, also, Consumed Burger near Jughead's elbow doesn't happen nearly notable, enough in, notable, this, notable. in this show. Getting that business in while they can. Um, so, <laughs> is Frosty Pajamas a reference to Canon Archie somehow? I haven't the faintest. Doesn't ring a bell for me at all. Not a clue. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, was, I was lightly surprised that this was all relevant in this way again. I'm... Slightly impressed that they've used multi-season, like, multi-plot problems this effectively. Yeah, totally. Um, And I was delighted to realize that, oh yes, of course the local FBI agent and the head of the sheriff are the people who can deal with this body. Yeah. Because they're the ones who dealt with it last time, basically. Yes, and they're like... Yes, I forgot about this part of FP's history. Very (laughs) awkward as sheriff. (sighs) Very awkward. It's the most corrupt cop Riverdale's had. Yeah. He's Ar- doing a pretty good job, though, he, as a cop so re- far. He's he's doing a good job as a corrupt cop, relatively. Yeah. He's the he's the best corrupt cop we've had. But FP hides bodies. Yeah. Professionally, well, repeatedly. I mean, he has. I guess he just did it again. He, he clearly what hasn't nice stopped. Son bonding thing. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's going to be a thing, Jughead and Charles, like... Who's the better son? <laughs> kind of a situation. Wow, look at all these clean homeless teenagers. Yeah. Uh, I This plot is just so irritating to me. Yep. It does not reflect real social ills in remotely realistic or appropriate or accurate ways that it's saying or doing anything of value to me. I... Yeah. Even... Yeah. Even as a bad guy vigilante plot, like, as someone who reads a lot of Batman stories, like, like, this isn't a vigilant, a crafted vigilante plot that's very good either. Yeah. Yeah. I also don't know, I was sort of expecting Dodger not to figure this out quite as soon, but Mm. I am pleased. I'm glad Archie's actually bad at this. Yeah. Because that's true. That's a true, true, true. (sighs) <sighs> yeah is oh for a second i thought kj appa was wearing uh flip-flops <laughs> by kj appa i mean archie andrews to like hang out and i was like wow that's you're like really rocking the dad vibes like you got house shoes and everything <laughs> but that is not what happened alas i'm disappointed hmm. this um, plot doesn't feel in sync well with the other plots r- right now for me the yeah. the stakes the town the the position in the town of Archie's Archie's Youth Center feels out of sync. And it doesn't... Like, it still does not feel like it's in the same Riverdale. Yeah. Even the south side we were passingly introduced to. Also, we've had, like, more intense plot... I was just thinking of that time that the Bulldogs and the Serpents, like, beat each other up in the rain. And then... Um, Veronica turned up and shot a gun into the air. Remember yeah. that? That this is that's way more hardcore than this. The, yeah, you're right. This is relatively yeah. low key as gang fights go. Yeah, Archie's had worse. Veronica's had worse. Yeah, any one of our lead characters is capable of dealing with Dodger in any number of ways. If Cheryl wasn't so busy, he'd be on fire. So okay, is okay. 
So FP and Charles have now had some father some. I don't know why this is bothering me so much. It is bothering me a lot that Alice and FP and Charles are all in the this is normal space. It's, yeah, because it's like, it's like a big life event, <laughs> Riverdale. This is your first time as a family talking about dealing with a body together. I know you've all buried bodies individually, but this is your first family activity. Yes. Like, there's a little... Y- y'all gotta be seeing each other right now a little bit. Yeah. There's a whole different thing to I'm doing something insane alone in the dark, to I'm doing something insane with my parents. Yeah. My newfound rediscovered parents. Um, I I want to see. I guess what I'm what I want is I want Charles to start manipulating and taking out like mm. each member of the family. See, that's what Chick did, though. Yeah, but I'm I... I'm interested in how this character will do it. Mm. Like, I want to see him alone one on one with Jughead. I want to see him one on one with mm-hmm, FP, mm-hmm. even with Jellybean. Yeah, other than more than Betty. Yeah, more than <gasps> Betty. What if Jughead's mom is going to come back and fix everything because she doesn't take any anything from anyone? I'm down for it. Gina Gershon's a delight. Yeah. Um, and Riverdale has now shown that they know how to sit on sit on a plot point for two seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, good patience. I, I believe in the Gladys Jones power play, saving the day when we need it. Like when Jughead goes missing. For example. For example, it'd be an opportune time for his mom to return. <laughs> and kill this dude. Yeah, this dude's a creep. This dude's real creep. Um, I don't... So we're not really Dead Poet Society here. No. No. no um, we have left Dead Poet Society and have ventured into something new. I think I need to watch uh, American Psycho before next week. Okay. Because is that what the next one's called? No, no, it's um the the Brett Easton Ellis character as a reference. Oh. Uh, of some sort. Of, I need to dig into the reference material because I think there's a whole like Heart of Dark. That was last season. But well, he like, references Heart of Darkness here. Hmm. Um. Well, not him, yeah, but right, the, right. Mr. Chipping. They discuss it before the cash suicide. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's not a Dead Poet Society we're playing in, but it's 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 a it's a something. It's a some messed up high school social structure, yeah. but more horror thriller. Also, like yes, the former gang lord is going to be scared by this man. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the whole thing's ridiculous. We've we've definitely gotten into the Deus Ex Resetia, nah. just a little bit, just a little bit. Um, in forgetting just how powerful each of these characters have been. <laughs> oh, oh, so sorry, Riverdale gang. Surprise sneeze. I want her to be nice. I like this actor. I'm I'm not I'm actually kind of interested in this character. Mm-hmm. Um I'm waiting for yeah. Hiram to disappoint the hell out of her and her to side with Hermione and Veronica. Yeah. That's what I that want. That power triumvirate would be mm-hmm. so great. I'm here for Mista if she stands but Hermosa? Well, let's let's wait till they say it again. Yeah. I'm intrigued by what she could add as a as a character foil for Veronica and as a as a family member for Veronica, mm-hmm. um, because she shows herself to be a supportive and loving family mm-hmm. member to Hiram. But I also don't get a I've got an evil secret vibe from her. I I don't get an, an evil secret vibe from her. Yeah. 
Also, sh- like, women who um, are, I find that, and mm-hmm. to be fair, like, I have, don't have a broad experience of this. Mm. Women who um, ingratiate themselves to rich men in some way, obviously mm. she's his daughter, um, are getting a lot out of the arrangement. They are smart women mm. who, who know how to handle men very, very well. And right. I'm interested in like what her story is. Right. Around how she manages Hiram. I'm I'm interested in that. Right. As part of the plot. Mm-hmm. And if that's going to come to a head and she and Veronica are gonna end up buddies. Mm-hmm. That interests me. I could bite, yes. I yeah. could bite on that. Um Yes. Because they both they both have strategies for dealing with who Hiram is in their life and what he is in their life. Yeah. So creepy um relatives are right. Yep. She is having a psychotic break. They 100% are. Um, but wow, they're creepy. They are. Loving, lovingly shot, super wide shot, super close up, hard shadows, like really good, I know your secret, smiles. Yeah. Fascinating and endless succession of blossoms. Mr. Chipping what it are suddenly you, became Mr. a really Chipping. interesting character this episode and he is gone. <laughs> I didn't like him or care about him, to be honest. I care about the fact that he, like, threw himself out of a window in front of his students. Yup! And they didn't react! Which might be... Is that a reference to Hereditary? Does someone go through a window in Hereditary? I can't remember now. I don't well, think so. I'll watch... Yeah. Um... Yeah. I don't get him. I don't know how he works or functions in this. Yeah. Okay, now, briefs aside for a drive-by shooting. Yeah, okay, so one thing about this, <laughs> uh, one of the things I find not completely unbelievable about Archie as, like, former, like, current vigilante, former militia former, is that mm-hmm, he doesn't mm-hmm, mm-hmm. ever seem to, like, gain any skills from it. <laughs> um, but this is a moment where he's like, I know exactly what this means and we gotta leave. Mm. And we're about to get shot at. So this actually right. kind of made me buy the rest of the plot a little bit more. Right. The fact that we then just move on from it? Problem. Yeah. Um. Again, dr- this is not small town shiz. This isn't, this isn't, this isn't, hmm. this isn't how it works. Yeah, I believe you. Like, this isn't even how a gang hit would hurt work in a small town. Like, let's talk hunting rifles and pigs if we yeah. want to talk small town gang murder. Yeah. <laughs> Someone I know had a who was a journalist had a wonderful, very scary story of turning up at a meatpacking plant in the middle of nowhere in Canada mm-hmm. and, like, seeing all these Porsches parked outside and being told <laughs> to leave at gunpoint and was like... Cool. Bye. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Maybe I'm now in danger for having told that story with no names. Who knows? Well, let's just remove all locations. All meatpacking plants are secretly run by the mob, right? <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> it might not have even like might have been a farm or something. I don't know. But anyway, that never that trust is... a gaggle of Porsches. Yeah, truly. More Especially than in the more of than nowhere. two Porsches together. Bad news. <laughs> Anyway, that's interesting what you say about hunting rifles and, like, pigs. I think mm-hmm. that would be good good material for this show, to be honest. Yeah. Well, I I don't think they know how to write that story. Yeah, I don't think that's a story that. that's that's mm. that would be rich in references or 
the storytelling tools and tropes that they're leaning so hard into for a North American, mostly urban audience. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be a much different show if they... They occasionally show how well they understand small townisms, the Fred Memorial episode. Yeah. Um, and then they ride back into the CW slots and use any set they can find. Yeah. I'm so ready for Hiram to go. He's so bad at lying now. Yes, goodbye, Hiram. No one trusts him. No one believes him. We all know. What's weird about this is that he does it anyway. Well, and what then, else is he going to do? And then, like, like clearly he's going to manipulate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, interesting thing. Brett is just, like, waiting. Mm. Well, he's I didn't notice that. not reading like the others are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're all clearly in on some layer of this messed up. <laughs> or indoctrinated. Or... Sorry. You're allergic to Tassie now, Chloe. Ha-ha! Maybe. This is intense. Boom! This is an intense moment for a show. Yep. I'm gonna be honest. Call 911 and no one... This is this is creepy. Like, yep. legit, this is very creepy. No one reacts. Everyone is still... This is fine. But, like... These big things happen in people's lives and there's no... Nothing around them showing how big these things are. That's something that's I'm having trouble with in... Um, with how separate the four big plots are. Um, the shoot him up, the coffin, the, the drive-by, the, the, the suicide, what's happening right now where Tony kills a dude in self-defense. So does he die? Oh. Is he dead? Or did they just knock him out? I always assume when we see blood pooling near the head that it cues death. Oh, I didn't notice the blood pooling near the head. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Uncle I'm... Bedford. Poor Uncle Bedford gets a little moment before he disappears. He does. But then he proves himself yeah. to be an awful blossom and dies yes. like one. Yes, it's true. Correctly. Tony's pajamas, by mm-hmm. the way. Very nice woodwear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Maybe I'll save him the trouble. What Maybe. the hell is that? Great. Tony saves your life. Yeah, he dead. He is dead. I think that is quite a thing to be hit. I just didn't see a pool of blood. There we are. There's the blood pool. Oh. Um... Oh no, now Tony's committed murder. But who hasn't committed a murder? I know, but Tony was just doing so good. We're probably not going to deal with the Tony's first murder pathos. I... So maybe Charles is also playing chick here? I'm choosing to be intrigued. I'm choosing to be intrigued, and the only thing that actually hooks me here... What does he call him? Ben? I, I didn't catch that. But I really liked that line read from both of them, particularly um, uh, Chick. Like, they each showed a new face in that one little moment that was just enough for me to be interested in these thrill-killing... Uh... <laughs> also, like, if she has a search warrant... A police officer would be conducting the search. <laughs> yep. This show. Also, Blossoms aren't, aren't going to get the police involved. No. That's a beautiful hook. This, yeah, they're definitely like private <laughs> private detective <laughs> people. Nicely done. Yeah. <sighs> this was like 
progression. This is like not a. I think it's the natural lighting here. I was like, oh, that's dark. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I was I was worried it was going to be a child's body, mm. and then I remembered we're on the CW. <laughs> I was actually worried it was going to be that decomposed guy that FP and Charles, <laughs> and they had just failed, or someone had moved it, or something. Well, that would have tied things together better. Yeah. So... Jughead, why would you go back into this classroom? What? Yep, yep. Jughead is missing a whole lot of the world's destroyed what the heck is happening cues. Fall from grace. Ugh. Oof. <laughs> hmm. <sighs> this is bad. There but is... Jug- Jughead can handle I would say Jughead could handle it, except apparently he dies this season, so I don't even know. <sighs> I would have believed in the, the past three seasons that Jughead could handle all of this, but Jughead is just letting all of these absurd things happen to him. Yeah. And not reacting. And not processing. It's, it's and not strange. Doing. It's strange. There's an intensity to know. Jughead's plot here that feels out of whack. Just a touch. Yeah. I don't know. So I didn't, yeah. On second watch, I didn't love that episode. It's probably my least favorite in season four so far. Hmm. But I also didn't dislike it. So that's not bad for, by my, my reviews. Yeah. Comfy I, three out of five stocks. I'm just not sure what it was I didn't like about it. I think maybe it feels off genre. Hmm. Like, because if they're doing a How to Get Away with Murder, this didn't really feel like a How to Get Away with Murder episode. And obviously hmm. it's a different hmm. show. Hmm. But um, I just, I don't know. I don't know what it was that I just wasn't doing it for me. Hmm. This season so far, and the five episodes so far, I think have have very nicely balanced the um, feature genre and the season genre. This one felt like just another episode of mid-season Riverdale. Yeah. It didn't feel super distinct, um, and it didn't really give me a whole lot that I liked or was excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, but the promise, there's promise in this episode for me that Archie's plot, that Veronica's plot, are coming to a head soon. Possibly a, yeah, a mid-season plot. Or a um, a mid a mid season like holiday break surprise um, that will leave us with Betty and that, that like I want to see the gang brought together now. Um, I'm getting sick of of these four separate big plots. Mm. It has been nicely danced, nicely strung together, nicely paced, but it's it's running out of steam for me in episode six. Having the four of them this separate and this unrelated and this like mishmashed. Stakes wise, genre wise, wise, feel wise. Mm. It feels mishmashed, and I'm starting to lose the cohesion that I think that they've held for a few episodes. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, it's not so much a complaint about this show mm-hmm. as just things I'm noticing about what I don't like in television writing. Mm. Yes, um, yes, yes. And I think. Like, I noticed in Game of Thrones, and to be fair, like, I came in right before season six and I, six, and I binged it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I got a very <laughs> different experience than most people watching Game of Thrones, I think, week to week. Um, actually, I think most people now binge television shows, to be honest. So, um, But they didn't when Game of Thrones started. The yeah. world has changed. I feel it. That's true. <laughs> anyway, so I got to a point in Game of Thrones where I was like, 
you know, you know how we have like good things happen to characters over and over, and it gets saccharine and irritating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I find I get worn down by bad things and or the same bad things mm-hmm, happening mm-hmm, to characters mm-hmm, over and over and over and over again with no break. I get the same kind of like, well, this we did this already, right? Yep. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, so, like the moment in Game of Thrones, for example, where Sansa and Theon like link up with Brienne. And that's, mm-hmm. like, a really positive moment. I was like, oh, wow, like, this is great. Right. And yeah, a surprise a, good thing happens. Yeah. And so I think I'm getting mm-hmm. to a similar point of exhaustion with Riverdale mm-hmm. where, like... Can Archie's life get much more complainy? It's just, it's sort of, it has just sort of, um, it's sort of plateaued into something else goes wrong and something else goes wrong and something else goes wrong and something else goes wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's a mm-hmm. similar, mm-hmm. obviously, they had to manage... Um, Luke Perry's passing, like that. I'm not complaining about that plot point, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I guess, I guess, what I want for Archie's character is either something like, like the El Royale boxing club gets shut down permanently, mm-hmm. or he has to move, or he has to, like, really go through some sort of identity change, or like something needs to go good for him. A plot that has just a hint of verisimilitude? I don't even know if it's that. It just feels like consistent. I mean, which I guess is actually very real. Um, Like, if we're going to talk realism, like Mm -hmm. running a not-for-profit boxing thing for youth, I would imagine, involves a lot of drudgery day in, Mm -hmm. day out of bummer. None of it's really about Archie very much in any way that feels meaningful. His choice is to be a vigilante, his full commitment to a not-for-profit. Um, I don't have any emotional stakes with Archie at the moment, and mm-hmm. I don't see him going on an on, on emotional journey that I can recognize or care about. He's playing a vigilante game, and it's very redux. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very redux in the style of this, of this uh, network. Mm-hmm. Um, super simplified and pared down, uh, which gives me hope that we're moving on. Yeah. I, I I feel like in many ways El Royale was a, a way to tread water with Archie. Yeah. And I, I the other thing I the other thing like I, I stop myself with um when mm. I venture feedback about Riverdale is like, why why am I watching this show? You know what I mean? <laughs> like this show is fun for me. I enjoy mm-hmm. the good looking people, I enjoy the beautiful costumes, I enjoy like the the juiciness of the lighting mm-hmm. um i enjoy like getting to spot my hometown like mm-hmm. really the plots are a little <laughs> not uh, not 100 percent to my taste i'm still kind of having a good time yeah you know it's what I mean? it's still wonderfully entertaining yeah and um i this episode makes me think back with glee to the ridiculous uh not not glee the show uh <laughs> <laughs> gleefully at the um the alice cult ridiculousness a couple yeah. episodes ago like now that we're sitting in this little intimate place with these kids again, I'm actually missing the absurdity of Betty walking into a cult compound and taking no prisoners. Yeah, or like that time she did a pole dance to Mad World. I don't miss that as much, but I... Yep. <laughs> Fair enough. But I, what, the, the meaning that you're... Yeah. Yes. I yes. feel like... I feel like it's interesting. Um, uh, Lily Reinhardt is in a movie that's still in theaters, at least in Vancouver, about mm-hmm. 
pole dancers. Hustlers. Hustlers. Yeah, I talked about that one a few weeks ago. Yeah, and uh, I, I just realized that she, like, had to do a pretty, like, lukewarm pole dance in Riverdale, and everyone was very <laughs> disappointed in Betty. Yep. <sighs> and, yep. Um, yeah, and I feel like the opposite is probably true of Hustlers, which I will be honest, I'm going to see, probably. I heard a rumor mm. about that snake dancing scene. I heard a rumor. Ooh. That as Rumors. written, she was supposed to be doing a dance with a giant snake. Oh. With a giant mascot snake. That there was supposed to be something more to that that didn't pan out in filming logistics. Oh. That there was a thing in that scene that didn't happen, that didn't realize in the concept in the script, and that what we got was a bit of a concession. Man. I've heard this rumor. I believe it because I believe there could have been so much more vision underlying that. Than what actually realized. Yes. And man, that would have been fun. It would have been a, a whole different dance. thing. Like it I, very Britney Spears. I would have kind of like that would have been a bit more of an initiation than take your clothes off. Yeah, totally. <laughs> dance with the Python. Yeah. Anyway. Absolutely. I, I hope that is a true a true I hope history. So too. Or it's just a rumor that'll spread now forever. <laughs> I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Y'all good game? Okay. They sound good. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.